0: This podcast is proudly brought to you by the McLaren Vale Grape Wine and Tourism Association, supporting growers in the McLaren Vale wine region.
1: Hello and welcome to Crop Watch, Jill. Good morning, James. How
0: are you? How are you coping with everything? Oh,
1: look, I I, I shouldn't complain, but um, I, I do have some guilt because right back in the first of our vintage 2020 um, podcast, I said oh, 2020, it's going to be an auspicious year and so memorable. Twenty Twenty's got this great sound to it.
0: Definitely, mem- definitely, definitely memorable. memorable. <laughs> so, can you give us a bit of a first of all an, an overall roundup of this vintage? Yeah,
1: well, let, let's talk about viticulture in the McLarenville wine region. Let's just limit our conversation. Yeah, absolutely. To that. So, this vintage has been uh, the co- had the coolest February since sometime in the eighties. It had a slow, dry um, ripening period, which are all the thing. They're both the th- factors that we consider to produce good quality. Yeah, absolutely for quality grapes. The yields yields tend to be low, um, but in some ways, I feel that was probably always going to happen because it's the third dry season in a row, and each year tends to you tend to get a compounding effect. So, year one affects year two, which affects year three. So that doesn't come as a big surprise to me, and, and the quality, as I said, is good. Uh, so I have you have to be thankful for that.
0: And we've had very little disease pressure this year.
1: Yeah, it's it's at the moment um, currently, if there is any botrytis in bunches, it's only a level that uh, of of a couple a couple of bunches every 100 or 200 bunches it's not enough that that's going to affect what a winemaker does it's very very minimal yeah. so that's all that's all really positive
0: yeah. yeah so we are sitting in this beautiful vineyard overlooking the vale and we've come out for a bit of a walk here and uh, we picked up some leaves with
1: rust mite yes rust mite there. yeah so
0: can you talk a little bit about rust mite or the types of mites that are the most prevalent and why rust mite? Yeah. Why uh, are we saying yeah, rust mite?
1: Okay. Um, just as a bit of background, like mites, uh, there are several thousand species. Usually, a species will only live on one plant type or a couple of plants. So, in grapes, we have three types in Vitis vinifera in Australia. Commonly, we have blister mite, bud mite, and rust mite. Each of those has its name common name like that because of the symptoms that it does on a vine bud mite lives in buds and affects the bud
0: Makes sense.
1: blister mite lives on leaves and affects the leaf by making a blister on it so it causes quite a big blister yeah, big, very, very noticeable and visible um, they're actually bud mite and blister mite are the same species of mite but they have different um different growth habits one lives one population lives on the outside of the leaves and the other population lives in the bud, so it looks different on a vine, even though it's the same. Okay. Rust mite is a different species, um, and it in some ways lives both a little bit in the bud and then a little bit on the surface of the leaf. When it's when it, rust mite infect vines in very early spring, they go into the bud and then the bud grows poorly and, it, and you get a you get an infestation on the shoot as it grows and the shoot doesn't look right it looks looks to have very poor growth when the same mite lives in summer and in autumn on our leaves it produces the rusty look that the leaves get or bronze look because it makes a little hole in the leaf and that the vine doesn't like that and goes all So we,
0: and we can see that but it doesn't actually it's not actually affecting the crop because it's yeah, it's picked um,
1: the the thinking is that it doesn't affect the crop when you get a summer infestation of rust mite. Um, that the holes on the leaf are only a superficial wound, so they're not just actually just a flesh wound. They're just a flesh wound, yeah. <laughs> um, but having said that, there's not a. a comprehensive amount of research about that there's been some studies um, in the early 2000s that seem to indicate in warm regions it doesn't affect right so not a massive problem for mclarenvale which is a warm no I, I, we we think that is not a massive problem for McLaren Vale, other than the very obvious visual effects that you get
0: okay and how do you deal with it what are some of the the ways of dealing with rust mite.
1: I guess, again, to answer that question, um, I'm told that blister mite was very bad in McLaren Vale in the early 1980s, but that blister mite went away or or got reduced Mm -hmm. to the levels that we see now by the use of wettable sulphur. So wettable sulphur was beginning to be used from the early 80s um, and it made the blister mite go away. But then sometime between that period and today, rust mite has taken over as being um, the prevalent mite type that we have. It's the most common mite type. Okay. And it's gone from, say, at the start of my career to being a little bit around and, oh, yeah, noticed, and to now it's almost universal. It's just so much of it around everywhere.
0: And can you think of a reason or do you know any research that talks about a reason for why now rust mite? I
1: I think there are two explanations that would work. The first explanation is there wasn't any rust mite originally in our grapevine material and it's come into our region. Okay, in plantings? Probably as as plantings and cuttings and then from that it has um, spread and multiplied and like a coronavirus, it's it's gone from having one patient, so one one colony on one vine somewhere, to all of a sudden now, over 30 years, it's everywhere. It's universal. The other thing that could have happened is there, it's been here all the time, from the original time we were growing grapes, but we as a farming community have done something in our practices that have created a um, situation where we get... The that suits rust mite, and then you have it show up everywhere. So,
0: do you think that's because of that wettable sulfur?
1: It's it has the cause of rust mite has to be something that's being used universally. universally. Um, this is a biodynamic vineyard that's not using um, pesticides; It hasn't in like, twenty five years. Mm. Um, they're not using herbicide, um, but if we jump the fence, we've got. We've got vineyards that are conventionally run that are using herbicide and are using um, um, synthetic fungicides, still have the problem. So, it's I think it's wet or sulfur. That's my feeling. So,
0: is there much research or things that people can read on this?
1: I think that you'll there'll be a lot more coming through because we're getting more sophisticated in our ability to uh, monitor for insects. So, right now, I can't give you good data about how the population of insects has changed in this vineyard but hopefully next year the year after we can actually do some trial work and get get some get some um, numbers around okay what what is the sulfur spray doing to the insect population here because um, unfortunately because we just diagnosed by the symptoms uh, and you need a microscope to really work out what's going on it's not yeah, it's not something you can just whip it out and go. Oh, yeah, but yeah. you can
0: point people into the direction of any research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, um, yeah. or um, research, yeah, and that's that what CropWatch is, is more
1: to try and keep Fantastic. people up to date
0: with where, where the research. So is you're going to post some of those yeah. links. Yep, that's yep. brilliant. So uh, anything else that you think's been unusual this vintage, or anything that's been really positive this vintage that you'd like to talk about?
1: The the main point is is December was such a hot month. Uh, percentage-wise over what it would normally be that if that had continued for the rest of our summer it would have been uh, I think a disaster so I think that the change in the weather that we had beginning in early January uh, saved this vintage it made it at least gave us good quality yeah Yeah.
0: because it was really really noticeable I mean, I've never had a fire on at this time of the year, but no, we're getting no, no. some nights this has
1: been the cool yeah, very cool, crazy yeah. stuff. Um, and obviously, the other spectre that has happened um, is, is smoke taint damage. Um, we're we're very confident now that if there was any exposure of smoke in the McLaren Vale region, that it was um, it's not detectable. And. Um, Great Wine and Tourism took the very proactive step of actually taking their own samples this year. Fantastic. Now, the results aren't back for that, so obviously the results didn't come to influence people's picking decisions, but what those results are important for is if someone asks you, Jill, so uh, what was was the smoke like in 2020 for your fruit? You can at least go back and say, well, the region did testing and the results were X. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and... they're, they're another couple of weeks away from coming back. Okay. But, you know, my fingers and toes are crossed that they're going to come back. Coming back, yeah. yeah, for sure.
0: Well, it's been an interesting start to the year. Um, some might call it an annus Horribilis. Yes. But. Yeah, the Queen would call it that. The Queen would call it that. But I've got all faith that we'll, uh, we'll push through and and yeah. get on with
1: life. Thank you for your help this year. Oh, thank you.
0: It's been really fantastic, and I've learnt so much from you. And I love coming out and looking at the Vale in depth. And uh, we've got some amazing winemakers, some amazing viticulturalists, some great wines going to be coming up. Just everybody just needs to stay strong and push through.
1: Good luck, everyone.
0: Good luck, everyone.